what was what was college like in an Ivy League school? Well, there, to, to your point, there were a lot of squares. Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. I'm Scott Cowan, and I'm going to be your host. Today, I'm talking to Whitney, Jesse, and Aaron of Jet Hospitality. And Jet is a alt travel company that's offering some really intriguing camping, glamping options in three locations in Washington State. They also have a couple in Idaho as well, but we won't talk about those today too much. Just kidding that we will a little, but I think you're going to enjoy this episode. If you are looking for some slightly different ways of experiencing hospitality. So I think you're going to enjoy uh, hearing what uh, Jesse and Aaron uh, have to say. And then Whitney is the chief marketing officer for the company. And so we talk marketing and and how you can find out more about Jet. Anyway, before we get started, I'm going to give an announcement. This is actually going to be the last episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast as you know it. This episode is going to come out in early November of 2022, and we're going to stop publishing until January 1st of 2023. The Exploring Washington State podcast has done over 230 episodes, and they've been a lot of fun for me to do, but it's a huge, sprawling project. And with podcasts, when you sign up and subscribe, like we hope you do, you get every episode. You can't opt in or opt out of a, of a category. And since we cover so many broad categories, we want to make it a little easier for you. So starting in January, the Exploring Washington State podcast is going to break out into six different shows. That's right, six different shows. Stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us at Facebook, visit our website, explorewashingtonstate.com, sign up for our newsletter, and we'll keep you informed. But starting in January, Explore Washington State is going to be brought to you in six different shows. We've got great ideas. We're looking forward to this. is going to be a huge undertaking. We are going to be your source for Washington State content. So enough of that for now. Let's talk to Aaron, Jesse, and Whitney. All right, okay. everyone. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. So Whitney's going to introduce herself. We're going to start with Whitney because, well, she she wanted it that way. So Whitney, please say hello. Hi, everyone. I am Whitney Brielle Martin. I am the owner and founder of Please Add Salt Agency and the acting CMO of Jet Hospitality, which is why we're here today because we love Washington. Awesome. So Jesse, uh, how about you? Introduce yourself, please. Co-founder here with we can. Aaron. And uh, CEO of Jet Hospitality, and uh, I'm the original innkeeper of Jet Hospitality, so I wear that mantle proud. And uh, and uh, yeah, there you go. The original innkeeper. We're going to come back to that. All right, Aaron, yeah. your turn. Yes, sir. Aaron Mumford, fired up to be here with Explore Washington. I grew up in in Oregon, traveled many a moon since then, but just excited to be repping the Pac Northwest which is the little known gym, um, which we're proud to be a part of. So thanks for having us. Scott. Uh, thanks for being here, you guys. So let's start with the name. Why Jet Hospitality? Ooh, this is a good one. Little known fact. Jesse, Jesse can explain this. Yeah, well, it started, uh, we're up here in Jet City, up here in Seattle. And, you know, we were running vacation rentals and restoring boats and running them on Airbnb. So uh, my company, Jet City Capital Management, kind of spun off Jet Hospitality, and Aaron jumped on board, and and we've kind of just uh, morphed into something over the past five years. But felt like the name stuck, Scott. You know, and so you got a good thing, we just go with it. So, all right. So, but but the important piece, Scott, he he, he my man Jesse, he got ahead of himself. You're inquiring about what the origins of Jet was, and. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of money in North Seattle, and I'm in I'm in North Denver, and uh, Jesse's always been on these peripheral markets, and so he was Georgetown South, 
And basically, first time I visited Jesse, I was like, what's that white noise? And he's like, that's the Jets passing by your head every single minute because he's right by Boeing Field. And so Boeing Field, Jets passing by every day. And, and so that, that was Jet. And okay. All right. Here. No I, doubt about that. I grew up. So there it was. Go ahead. I grew up. So, Jesse, I grew up in Tacoma. So okay. um, just down the road. And so as a kid, well, I was in college at the time. And um, McCord Air Force Base before it became Joyce Bain. Joint Base Lewis McCord. So it was McCord Air Force Base. So I went over to a friend of mine's house who lived right off of I-5, right by the Air Force Base. And I'm standing out in the driveway talking to him and his parents are out there and one of those military airplanes fly over. I can't hear anything and they keep talking. They have all had learned how to read lips because of the airplane noise flying over their houses. They just kept going like there was no... I mean, these planes were so close, you could see like the Goodyear on the tire of the landing gear. It was just bizarre. <laughs> so I get the white noise thing. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, how, about, how, about, how about Scott? How about the Tacoma aroma? What is your definition of that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, uh, I don't live there anymore. That's my definition. I moved away. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to ask you, Jesse, you guys were doing boats and turning them into Airbnb rentals? Yeah, you know... Uh... Well, we still are actually. We we bought an old really? old yacht in 2016, and uh, you know I sitting down in the club with Aaron in Vegas, and uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to ask him to get in, get on board restoring this old yacht so that we could rent it out on Airbnb, and uh, you know maybe you know maybe film a few, you know a few music videos or something, get it going. Right. Uh, you know. Okay. It, and definitely the uh, model proved right. You know, our first rental, we found some uh, paraphernalia in the front, the front uh, birth, you know. So that, right. that business model was right. So that's when you were the original housekeeper, though. The innkeeper. So you yeah. were like, yeah, okay, gotcha. All things, you know, uh, original innkeeper has a lot of meanings, but we, we, we just couldn't get into Seattle. So Aaron was right. We had these houses in uh, South Seattle. And mm -hmm. I just run around and clean them and run them on Airbnb. And okay. then we got the boat. Then we got some, you know, tiny houses and we built a tree house and we started getting creative and, okay. and kind of created this little micro resort. So that's how Jet Hospitality came to be. But the boat was definitely the original chess piece. And it, you know, we're still restoring it today. So, so what is the boat? I mean, what yacht? What what yeah, is? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yacht. It's a 1958 Stevens Brothers, uh, 38 foot wooden vessel. Yeah. Okay. We, just, we uh, have had it restored the past five years and put a new engine in it last year. And so, uh, yeah, we started with the inside though. We added a keg. We added, you know, everything you'd want on the inside and rented it first. But so, if I were to rent that, I can't. Am I am I allowed to take it out and? Uh, yeah, but Jesse uh, chopped up there, but the, this was, you know, Jesse's always been a creative person. And so when we, when we started this, you know, he, he had that, it was basically, a, you know, call it a mediocre at best single family house in South Seattle, Georgetown and South Park area. Looked kind of like this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It looked kind of like that little casita and he's yeah. like, Hey, I can, I can add another unit. Um, I'm like, where's that going to be? He's like, it's the tree house back here. I said, that's just the shed. He goes, not for long. And he said, then let, let me, uh, let me, you know, show you this. And he's like, I'm building a, a tiny house. I'm going to put that in the front big parking lot. I said, well, that could work. And, and I'm kind of just in an advisory role at this point. And then he comes to me on, you know, we call it the March Investment Summit. Um, it happens to coincide uh, at, at the first tip of March Madness, the mm -hmm. NCAA tournament. And it just so happens to coincide in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada every year. So the wives, we, we preconditioned them. And COVID is the only thing that jammed it up. We had, we had 10 years running. We had 10 years running, and it was going really, really well. But about like year three or four, he goes, Aaron, I, you know, I want you in. We were roommates in college, met on our recruitment trip out there to Cornell. And we always knew we wanted to rejoin forces. But he said, hey, I got a boat. I said, a boat? What the hell are you going to do with that thing? And uh, this is an important piece with Jet Hospitality and, and filling a need. The Ballard District uh, of Seattle, which, Scott, you probably know, that there's no hotels down there, but that's all where all the breweries and everything was growing and expanding. He said, 
we could just set this boat at the moor, you know, moor this thing, and it's just like a, you know, floating hotel. And, and no, you couldn't just take it out, you know, to, to your question. Um, but that was when Airbnb experiences were coming out. He bought this shitty, um, pardon me, he bought this mediocre uh, RV or like bus type thing. He's like, this will be the brewery and the weed tour thing. And so we got, you know, the vision was always there, but execution can be a little bit hard. Um, but we, yeah, he just moored this thing. We we spruced up the interior, put a two, two tap keg on it. Um, I remember picking up the first keg. And, and tapping that thing and it was going great you know people just show up to the dock instead of a hotel mm -hmm. um and and there was no hotels we we're, were gaining some traction for like two three weeks and it was always a little bit of a gray area we like to dance in between the lines um to a degree but then somebody burnt down a dock <laughs> you know the next day and wait, so, wait 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 stop 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 yeah, it wasn't us, by the way. It wasn't. The, it wasn't a guest, right? It was. There was. Yeah, no, no. You guys had nothing was, to do with that. Okay, cool. Sorry. All right. We we did <laughs> not burn down the dock, but uh, a couple a couple uh, docks down, somebody burned it down, and it, and it was like you know sometimes where things are going great, you're feeling good, and then you get stopped in your tracks. He called me, and this is, goes back to his original innkeeper thing. He called me, said, "Aaron, the model's working. You're fifteen thousand. It's going well. Uh, I'm cleaning the front corridor." The front cabin, because this thing has two, you know, like those, 38 feet big, but there's two different bedroom areas. Right. This is like sleeping at the front of the boat, very tight quarters. <laughs> I slept there with my wife. It was wonderful. But he said, I found a bra, Aaron. I found a bra when he was cleaning. <laughs> I said, this thing's working. I said, that, yes, that would indicate that this model is working. I said, this is going to go, this is going swimmingly. And then the next day. It was like on headlines, like Doc burnt down from Airbnb guests, you know, because you oh. get some greenhorn out on the dock, they don't know, and, and it burns down. So it burnt down, and we had to pivot. We had to pivot, and we pivoted into the first property. We pivoted into the first property, which was the one on the coast, which is which is our core business model now, which is alternative accommodations, leisure lifestyle, whatever you want to call it. But it's people getting out in nature. And they're not just looking for a roof over their head. They're looking for something a little more, something special, you know, activities and beyond. Okay. We could, we could, we could keep exploring the whole yacht thing, but we'll just leave that up to the, the listener's imagination. <laughs> it's still, so, well, it's still, it's it's still there. Really I mean, yeah, it's fine. It, we've been putting, you know, it's a nice tax write-off every year. No doubt. Okay. Okay. So it can still, so you, you're still able to rent it? You're, are you still? Uh, or? That's a negative. Nope. We went into so it's, just, uh, it's a floating office right now. Okay. You know, okay. big. No, we've been, we've been uh, restoring it the past five years and pretty much now it's vintage. You know, it's like, it's about uh, two months huh? away from the yacht festival type level. Yeah, I see it. Okay. It might so, wait, I'm going to ask you have, you have you seen the boat? Have you seen the yacht? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, she's guys. Why hasn't Whitney seen the year yacht? two? Year well, it's a year two thing. She's she's trending. She's well, trending. Like, yeah. I haven't reached that phase yet in my yeah, okay. in my jet yeah. my jet experience career. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. But it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. we're ready. Right. We're ready for the first uh, video. We got to get Zay up there too. Bring him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out Zay. Aaron, you said something, and I was going to bring it up later, but I'll bring it up now. Uh, Cornell University, and it's not Washington State, but it's Ivy uh -oh. League. It's Ivy League. And you're sitting there in a hoodie. Jesse, you've got a knit cap on. And I yeah. thought all Ivy guys would be wearing, you know, blazers and suits and ties or, you know, I'm kidding. But <laughs> what, was, what was college like in an Ivy League school? <laughs> Well, there, to, to your point, there were a lot of squares. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I I didn't know anything different. I grew up on the, the east side of Portland, Gresham. Okay. And, you know, had some success in football, so they recruited me out there. And 
And uh, I said, well, I guess cut, cut your teeth. Don't, don't, you know, I'm not going to go to OU. Okay. <laughs> or OSU. Like, let's, let's spread the wings a little bit. And met Jesse on a recruiting visit. And same thing, uh, you know, it's kind of a cool, I'd say mine was a success story. But, you know, Jesse came from nothing in Wisconsin, um, you know, Boston, Colorado. We connected on our our first recruiting visit. And we're looking around and we're like, who the hell are these people, man? Who are <laughs> this? This is a different breed of of folks um and then ended up going out there and and yeah roomed freshman year and started concocting all these grand plans of of taking over the world all all the while like starting to realize that this is it's a brave new world out there and there's a lot of old rich money you know that kind of control things and we wanted to be disruptors in that model um but yeah i'm I'm in a hoodie i'm comfortable working from home but yeah buyer beware because there's, okay. some, there's there's a lot of old money out there and you got to shake shake the tree and those guys are just looking to be led okay in my experience all right so jesse's bio on the website indicates what position he played on the football team yours doesn't so what position did you play <laughs> well i was uh i was the defensive back in college okay uh, you know running back in high school and you know i, I i'd like to say that i'm slicker than snot not anymore but my kid, my kid probably will be like Scott. If you, if I was in front of you, you probably couldn't touch me. You know, I'd be too quick. Uh, but um, yes, that's you true. Would, you, you wouldn't try to touch me. I understand. No, I know, but, but also I couldn't anyway. All right, so but yeah, so you were I, I defensive back. You were defensive back. Uh, and my claim to fame, I, I had to hang it up early. I had a devastating uh, a finger injury, actually breaking up a pass. But Jesse was you know, all Ivy, he, he had all these accolades, but what he never could do was catch a pass against me. Oh, um, thank so you. That, See, I was going to ask you guys to talk crap about each other. So you did it for me. Awesome. So in practice, you guys were going up against each other and you shut him down. You but, just, I mean, that, that'd be to put it lightly. Yes. You know, that's a like bit of a stretch. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, okay, caught come on, Jesse, you could... I caught the ball over Aaron every time, you know, he might've pushed me out of bounds. Uh, you know, anyway, I, I definitely, I definitely dunked on him and went four and oh, you know, out of a seven game series. So that's okay. All right. And so, so you said, there. so you set single game uh, records for 14 catches in a game. Oh yeah. I had a gritty game up, uh, one time. I, I think it was at Columbia, but, uh, we had a, we Columbia. had a fun offense and, uh, Back under the old Jim Knowles days, that's what we. That's who recorded the guy that coaches at Ohio State now. So that was pretty okay. cool. Knowles recruited us, and uh, we went twenty and twenty. I guess over four years, about as good as any Cornell team did. And okay. uh, yeah, that was that was it. But yeah, we we had a pretty pretty gritty background, different than the typical Ivy leaguer. And uh, you know, I think. Yep. Anyway, we did. That was beautiful. Okay, so one last question. One last question about your your college experience. So when I think of the Ivy League, I think of Harvard and Yale and Princeton and all that. And I think of Harvard and Yale having a football rivalry. Who's Cornell's rival? Well, during those days, you know, I guess traditionally it's Penn. That's who you play at the end of the year and in the last game. But I would say we had quite a gritty rival with Brown. And, uh, you know, we're all, we're just the blue collar Ivies. So we're just the, but you know, every game's a rivalry out there. That's part of the fun, but you're home by Thanksgiving to cheers cocktails with your buddies. Okay. All right. Yeah. The gentleman's league. Oh, so you guys, so you guys got, (laughs) you, you, you both graduated from Cornell and you moved back to the, the Western side of the, of the States. Why didn't you stay out in the Northeast? Let's, I mean, what was it just the draw to come home? Well, no, I think we're, you know, you just get what you need to out of there. It's not a place you want to call home if you want to stretch your wings. So I always wanted to get West and actually I ended up in Portland where Aaron's from. So it kind of worked out and he ended up in Colorado where I was kind of from for a while. So that okay. was kind of weird. Okay. So, so Whitney, what was your Ivy league experience like? <laughs> Short lived cause it didn't happen. Okay. Neither did mine. It's all good. <laughs> no, uh, I uh, I actually went to George Fox. So originally, in, I was. It's a Newburgh. Is that British? Where? Yeah, Newburgh, Oregon. Oregon. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay. 
Yeah, so, but that doesn't matter, Scott. She's better than any Ivy Leaguer I ever met in her in her line of work. You gotta okay. watch out for the ones like Whitney. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we're, how did we're you just three, number so one Aaron, of her thirty two clients? Okay. So Aaron, you said you you you've known Whitney a long time. So uh, when did did you and Whitney grow up in the same area or? Yeah, yeah, man. Elementary, middle school, um, and we actually celebrated a big wedding here in the last year between her and my best friend growing up for for many a moon. Me, okay. me and Whitney's circles like we weren't quite the Venn diagram, you know, but there was like some interlinking. And then yeah, she married married my best friend recently. Um, okay. So yeah, kind of crazy, kind of crazy uh, coming back together story, which was really exciting. Okay, so how did the three of you so Whitney you're helping them with the with you're the chief marketing officer so right. how did this all come about because um, we found out about a bra and a yacht and now we've got was, you know that is other not things. how it came about okay so how so <laughs> oh, yeah it was not her bra it was not her bra on the boat okay all right, we've clarified that so <laughs> so <laughs> how did the three of you how did how did jet how did you become in your role with jet how did I get sent to jet okay so um, when I started dating my now husband, um, reconnecting with Aaron, Aaron, I think was back on holiday on the West coast. I had just relocated back from Los Angeles for, you know, from work. Um, mm -hmm. we started talking about the project he was working on with Jesse. Um, and it's just like, we always say like the jet family and it's really true. Like there's so many layers of like overlap where I used to know you when you were a kid or. Um, all these sorts of things. So we started chatting about what I do with working clients and what they were doing. And we thought there could be some really cool synergy and started talking shop and struck up, struck up a, an arrangement to, to bring me on board. And I've been with them from big property Pacific Dunes one through, you know, the branding logo iteration and digital footprint um, of each one up to okay. where they're at today. Very cool. Yeah. So, so it, it just I'm... all goes back to family. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Fa that's, family that's... and ties and connections. So since I'm all about Washington State, let's talk about your Washington State uh, property. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll draw that back to the dunes because, you know, after the, the dock burnt down and all that, Jesse was the commercial appraiser. Uh, he cut his teeth in CentOS coming up. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm shredding paper. I'm like, what What the hell is that? <laughs> but, you know, he, he came up, uh, you know, and he, he, he and, and his, you know, he, he had Sports Center top 10 once, which was cool, but his biggest claim to fame was uh, yeah. the, the union busting in like Sacramento with, with CentOS. And it was a big campaign, him when he was like, you know, bright haired, bushy tailed 23 year old in CentOS out there. And so then, then he moved back. He fell in love out there, met his wife, and they moved back to Seattle and started doing commercial appraisals, uh, primarily hotels. Um, all along Washington, Oregon coast. And he said, Hey, I found this property. It's, uh, it's, it's not easy on the eyes. It's junk right now, but we can turn it into something special. It was a motel bank, five, five motel, 20 RV and six campsites. He said, watch me, man. We can put glamping on this, that tiny house that we've been renting. We can put that on the RV stall and we, in these bungalows, you know, we call them bungalows now, but old crappy motel, we can make them nice. I said, all right, all right, well, let's give it a shot, I guess. You know, I, my background was third-party property management. You know, this was like a side thing for me. But okay, I said, I'll take a chance on you, man. You're a creative dude. And so we purchased this property, and it, it was over like a year period because he, he negotiated this option contract where we didn't have to outlay the cash right away that we didn't have. Um, so he, he spread this out. And this is a true entrepreneurial story. And then, you know, we like scrapped together our lunch money at the end to close this thing. And then we're like, all right, what do we do now? We closed it. And he's like, let, let me go to work. And so I met him like three months afterwards on the property. And he has this camo uh, bucket hat on. And I'm like, it's like he had this whole new persona. I said, what in the hell are you wearing, man? What's going on? And he said, this is the innkeeper hat. I said, what's the innkeeper? He goes, the innkeeper is all encompassing of what happens here. <laughs> you know, he gave me this big old speech and it was, uh, it was true, man. He, 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 he did the construction. He did everything. He got this whole place dialed and, and still on the day we opened, we were, you know, snaking the sewer lines and hot water wasn't working all sorts of 
unique, interesting components of it. But that's where the innkeeper was born, um, you know, which which is an all-encompassing person. And now you go out to the Pacific Dunes, and I guarantee, you know, some people would like hearing those old stories about how it, it came from nothing. But, you know, it's a beautiful property. Those bungalows are, are special. They all have a separate, like, kitchenette room to them, mm-hmm. nice bathroom, um, the, the glamping tents, which are nice canvas wall, like 16 by 20, okay. all with fireplaces in them, nice side yards where you can pitch a tent. You know, if you got a you know large family want or parents like myself say, hey, kids, you, you pitch a tent outdoors. I'm sleeping with mama tonight. You're not under the same roof. Right. Um, you know, that... <laughs> Now we have a full uh, tiny house village. We started with one. Now there's five, which was okay. just an extension of the RV park. So you've got the nice tiny houses. Then we can accommodate RVs, you know, as well. So the coolest piece is, you know, these places, like I said earlier, we, we wanted to touch on needs, you know, of the modern day traveler, which you think of a family reunion. It's like grandpa may have an RV, Young lovebirds, they want, they want to be in a glamping. You know, a family sets up best for a bungalow. You know, somebody wants to be in a tiny house. Like, it can cater to everybody. And it's right right on the coast. You know, we're, we're still trying to build a bridge over this little river. But we are technically, we own to the high tide line. Okay. <laughs> but you just have to cross a little stream to get there. Um, so that was the first one. And it's beautiful. Copelos Beach, you know, it's basically a lot of people on the podcast may know of uh, Ocean Shores. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's our neighbor there and and what's what's the place jesse that that all the the big money goes to there up up north from us oh seabrook everybody knows seabrook Seabrook. Uh, the place everybody needs to know is the green lantern a hundred yards down the tavern so we we're the closest resort to the tavern so you guys Very are close important. to the Green Lantern. Okay. Yeah. Your ears perk up there, Scott. Well, my um, my my quote unquote day job is I'm a real estate broker and I just sold five acres in Ocean City. Okay. Yeah, you're right well, there. You're then. right there. You know the lantern. I know I know the lantern. My wife owned property in Ocean Shores. Um, I know I know the area. And uh yeah, okay. So why don't you hit us up, yeah. Scott? We were going to put you up on whatever you wanted. I, so I don't want to talk about what I do for my day job, but let's say I've had that. It was a foreclosure, managed it for Fannie Mae. Uh, I, the last time I physically, my, my runner was always out there. It was, wasn't me. Cause I live in Wenatchee. I, I live in the middle of the state. I don't, I don't go to the Wenatchee's West side. Nice. I, I, yeah, we love it over here. But here's my question about your, your Compelo speech thing. And I'm reading it off of your website. It says, Deluxe glamping, bungalow suite, tiny home. Now, here's the two things that I don't understand. FHU RV slip. What is FHU? Full hookup. Full hookup. Yeah, just one of those uh, Gen Z things that we got to get cleaned up. Okay. And then flex camper. <laughs> that makes me think of like those those campers that I see the fishermen use that pops the top up. Is that? No. What is what is a flex camper? Well, hey, a lot of... A lot of the modern day travelers are just that, you know, and some of these third party sites, I mean, we have people showing up in their car, putting a tarp on the ground, popping a tent, uh-huh. you know, versus an RV versus a van. And really it's, it's alternative lodging, you know, in a nutshell, there is no real definition of what flex is. Uh, we these lost. Days. Okay. So like, are people showing up like with their vanigans and popping the top and... Yeah, camp, yeah, camper camper vans, and you know it's it's crazy. Even Jesse has Jesse's got the rig with the the tent pop on top for for road tripping and real long extended things when he's between our different properties. So it's kind of like the come as you are option, right? Nice, nice. But that's good feedback, Scott, because the flex camper was intended to like you could pitch a tent. We have a nice little green strip of grass in the RV stall, so you could pitch a tent there okay. if you if you so chose. If I know? so, okay. That's very cool. So I always ask this of business owners. And since Jesse's disconnected from us at the moment, he'll be back. But Aaron, I'll put you on the spot. Everything goes perfectly in business. There's never been any problems. Nothing's ever gone wrong. You said you were sneaking the sewer lines on day of opening. You've never had to do anything since then. Now, in all seriousness, what with this property, any big surprises that caught you guys unaware? (laughs) I mean, uh, 
like you said, after we spanked that first sewer line, everything's been perfect. I've just been sitting <laughs> back with my feet up in my hoodie. You know, I'm like Fetterman, just, just hanging out. No, I mean, they, they, so our big thing is, you know, we, we take existing infrastructure. So I'm not mm -hmm. going through and permitting for another 20 RV stalls and, and you know, cutting through red tape. It's like we operate immediately. But this old infrastructure has some problems. You know, it's, it's a well. So that, you know, the well has been a, a, a fun challenge. Um, through the RV stalls, you know, the innkeepers that just left that were awesome, uh, but they're 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 wandering souls. You can't tie them down for too long, and a lot of people in this economy are. But you know, his question when we we're interviewing to these nice folks, we kind of put them on the spot. He's like, "All right, so it's Memorial Day, and then all of a sudden the sewer lines backing up. What do you do?" <laughs> and like put them on the spot. And I, I liked her answer. She was like, "Maybe I'll call the adjacent places to see if there's a dump in Philly." He's like, "No." I traced down the sewer line break to one that was like a, a normal sewer line connection that was buried for probably 20 years under the, you know, the salt water. Like he dug that thing up and then reconnected it, fixed it and solved the plumbing issue. But like, we, we didn't even know those. I mean, we probably knew, but you know, we're doing a million other things. We didn't know that that sewer line connection was buried underneath 12 inches of, of sand to dig up to solve. And, um, and see, these things never happen on a Tuesday when nobody's there. I know. They, they always yeah. happen on a three-day weekend at night. Exactly, exactly. And so, but he solved it. And that's, you know, got, you got to be resourceful and, and take matters into your old, own hands is, is the biggest thing that we've done. It's like, there's a problem. Could I go on the internet and search like, please, Scott Cowan, please, please help me. Can you come out now? He's like, nah, man, we're not you. It's like, no, take matters into your own hands. You know, just, just well, and, and, find a solution. And, and since I know that area and I, I know that um, there's not a lot of vendors that are available, <laughs> up there. Uh, yeah. you're not getting get, you're not getting a septic company to come out on a Saturday morning because yeah, no, they're just not. So no, you're, you're pulling from the home of Kurt Cobain, which I assume, you know, that one, right? Uh, okay. So. This was the first property in, in this new style. And then you guys have opened other ones and they're outside of Washington, but we're going to, we're going to talk about this. So what was next? Yeah. Can you hear me all right now, Scott? We can hear you now, Jesse. You're back. <laughs> right, you great. disappeared. Loud you disappeared, but we're good. Yeah. Well, what, what was next is, uh, you know, after we knocked it out of the park with the dunes through nine months of uh, cleaning toilets and, you know, kissing babies, we, we had a little bit of a product and uh, we started looking mm -hmm. for another property. And so we, uh, we shot out to, to Idaho over the holidays and found a beautiful property, Teton Peaks, over there near Jackson okay. Hole uh, in Tetonia, Idaho. So I don't know if you're familiar with Driggs, Tetonia, that area. Not, um, not really, no. Grand Targhee Resort. So big ski area on the other side of Jackson Hole, you know, over on the other okay. side of the Tetons. So we, okay. we actually got in a group of investors and purchased that property and, and, and four more last year. It was a pretty, pretty uh, wow. incredible run. Yeah. So we went from one to five properties in the whole year. So uh, Aaron came on board. That was probably the biggest thing is, you know, getting Aaron to jump ship from, from his, you know, he's pretty successful in his own right, you know, coming out of college. He did 11 years with Four Star, but. You know, I, I needed someone to help me out with the operations, you know, and if we build this thing out, and I would say we've become a pretty good team, you know, with just focusing on the infrastructure and the real estate. And we've, we're both raising capital and, and, uh, then he brought on Whitney. And so this thing has really snowballed and, and, uh, I would say that's a pretty, pretty good summary of the last 18 months for us, really. So you guys brought on four properties in, in an 18 month period. That yeah. Was intense. Yeah. Huge growth and just roll wow. with the punches. And we spread from, from the Pacific coast all the way to Fort Smith, Montana, where we right. have cottonwood, cottonwood camp, uh, fly fishing Mecca on the Bighorn. So if you, if you want to hit I 90 for, you know, 14 hours, you can be there. Well, even closer for you. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, we spread our, but you know, then we, we got the other property in Washington, which you know about now, uh, Columbia Point, and that's a real gem. Uh, and that was our last close at the end of December last year. And so we now have three properties. Uh, I guess the one thing we did want to touch on was the opening. We just got our last one in September here outside of Kettle Falls. So sixth property and three in Washington state now. So we are trying to really grow our f- explore Washington footprint. So hang on a second. Uh, so you've got, so you got three. I'm, 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 you've lost me. So yeah. you got Pacific Dunes, Capella's Beach. Yep. You've got Columbia Point, which is in Kettle Falls. That's right. And what's the third one? Where am I missing? It, our newest acquisition is a, we call it an outpost, Lazy Lake Outpost. And that's five minutes outside of Kettle Falls. Um, you know, but right on the water, down there by the marina, the state park. And okay. So it's really, uh, you know, it's an outpost of Columbia Point, And we hope to, you know, have a kind of a funky little retro trailer park feel down there across from the water and get some food trucks involved. And, you know, Columbia Point, it's a whole different avenue. They've got, you know, ag venture going on over there with chickens and rabbits running around and all these fresh eggs and pick your own vegetables. Right. So it's, that's a whole different lifestyle uh, compared to Pacific Dunes, but really a beautiful part of our company is that these properties all have their own little lifestyle going on. Kind of the character, their own vibe, yeah, if you will. And, okay. they, and they're all around national recreation or, you know, elements like the Tetons or the ocean or the Columbia river. That's really important that, you know, we're not just, buying the rundown RV park in Yakima, you know, well, why not? I, I would, I would, I might consider that you should, should see Sacagawea in our, you know, our greatest success story, which was a little, you know, a little meth hotel that we really cleaned up and the community has really got our back over there in salmon, Idaho. So we will, we will bite on those flies too. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I was going to, okay. So this is the question I was going to ask you was what sort of condition are these places when you buy them? But you've just described, you know, a meth hotel. Oh yeah. Uh, You talked about a trailer park in Yakima. Um, Yeah. I, well, they all have their own. Yeah. In my space, I deal with foreclosures in 14 counties for Fannie Mae. And so, you know, I see lots of meth properties. I see lots of, uh, really things that we don't want to talk about because no one, no one wants to hear it, but, are you guys really, you're willing to take on something like that. You're willing to take on a, a property that has been so abused that it's not even neglected, it's, it's abused. Yep, yep. We pride ourselves on it, Scott, and that's our that's our whole thing, man. We, we go in there from the beginning and, you know, we're rehabbing these, we're rebranding these, and we're doing the work that none of these other hospitality companies will want to do because they're either too corporate or they don't have the layers. You know, we've got the, we find the deals, we finance the deals, we do the contracting, we do the operations, we we manage them, you know, long-term. So mm-hmm. that's really where uh, Aaron's kind of finished off our product, I would say, and he can speak more to it because I was always involved in the real estate and the construction and the appraisal and stuff, but he's really evolved our, our operations and we call it decentralized management. So, you know, he can allude to that more. Real, real quick, real quickly. I just wanted to say that's one of the other reasons that I, that I really wanted to work with these guys is what they're doing. is incredible. Like not only are they taking these defunct properties that most people would just smash, right. Mm -hmm. They're reinvigorating them, rehabbing them. And then they're giving opportunities back to the small local communities where most of these are located as far as job opportunities and livelihood um, and places for community as well. I mean, they're hosting barbecues and give backs and putting up, you know, local firemen for wildfire season. There's just, there's so many layers to what they're doing by reinvigorating versus, you know, just bulldozing these things. That's well, awesome and they're not, guys. they're not all like that, but yeah, beautifully no, said. Whitney. No, but a lot, but a lot of them are pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's about the people there. They, you know, like that's what it is. They're good people. And we also really pride ourselves on our relationship building with anybody, you know, from the guy sitting at the end of the bar who I especially like to talk to, uh, to the banker, <laughs> to our buddies out on wall street, you know, and I think that's where 
Aaron and I's blue collar background, but going out to Cornell has really kind of uh, allowed us to differentiate ourselves because we're willing to talk to anybody and we'll, we'll do the work, you know, or we'll sit in a boardroom too. No big deal. You know? So how long, I, this is probably an impossible question to answer, but how long in a rule of thumb, is it taking you from closing on a property that's neglected to being able to open it? How long is it taking you guys to rehab these things? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is another special piece of the sauce. Like the first one, it was six months, you know, that Jesse purchased on the coast, but we had never, you know, done it before. And that, mm-hmm. that place needed a lot of love. The second one, Teton Peaks is probably the best condition overall. Um, we closed on that in April of last year. We, we were written rooms two weeks from then, you oh, know, wow. while, while we had, you know, the first day we had taken a sledgehammer and tore down a wall. Cause we were going to build our beautiful, you know, lobby area. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, and the type of hospitality that we give, I, I think a lot of people like seeing that progress. They like showing up and not just seeing some spit shine, beautiful thing. They like seeing, you know, Whitney, when she's on site doing some content, you know, swinging a hammer too, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a beautiful thing. So at all of them, even the worst one and, and salmon, you know, we were still renting out rooms from the beginning a month later and it's a different product than we're renting now. And we, you know, people understand that different price point, but right. generating revenue out of the gates was always the model as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, your, your, your auto camp, your under canvas of the world where they, you know, they spend 12 months, 18 months, just strategizing, acquiring right. the land, two more years, you know, going through development. We say, look, come as you are. Here's what we are. Here's what we can give you. We will be better next time you visit and then the time after that. And we've had a lot of people, particularly at uh, Pacific Dunes, because it's been around the longest. But, you know, we have people that showed up for, you know, three different visits. And they love seeing the progress and the change. It's like we have our phase one rehab, then our phase two, and then beyond. And so, you know, the, the first one was six months, but all the other ones have been open up shop rent what we got, take wow. a quarter of the units offline, redo those and just have a rolling renovation. And that's worked really well for us. But again, it's, it's, you know, you better have the right mentality and, and the right pitch to people because when they show up and it's, you know, partly construction site, they're either going to love it and you're going to tell them why they love it. Or they're going to say, why the hell did you rent this thing to me like this? So we can put Whitney on the spot then since you're creating content to, put eyeballs on these properties what are you doing to do your best to ensure that somebody's not showing up going what the hell is happening around me that you're getting those people that like this to see the progress how 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 are you marketing right from from the initial point last year when they acquired so many of these and we were going through the heavy rehab process we're just transparent with the images um and and what you were getting and of, of course the price point was reflective of that as well and focusing on the the aspect and the intention of our hospitality, right? Mm-hmm. And and then of course as things have grown and improved, we've we've made upgrades and we've recorded that and reflected that on the sites and the platforms to see that this is what it is now. So okay. that's I think I love what you guys are saying here. You're 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 not taking it offline for twenty four months to get it turnkey. You're no you're no you, you know it, it doesn't make sense. Well, it's iterative, you know, I mean, one day at a time. You know, uh, one thing I will say, Scott, though, this is the other part that's real important is the innkeepers that are running these properties, they are out there explaining that and they're living it around the campfire. And so it really is an experience, you know, Mm -hmm. so yeah, they can appreciate a construction site when they're talking to the person who's doing the work while they're having a beer around the fire, you know, and they go away understanding what we're trying to do. Uh, you know, but I would say also we have a little bit of structure to it. I mean, we want to come in in six months, we want to add the glamping and then we want to layer in the tiny homes. And so we Mm -hmm. have some structure to our business model too. It's not just all trial by fire, but, uh, certainly growing as fast as we did, you know, all of them are in phase two and now lazy Lake's going to be in phase one, you know? And so, uh, we'll open up, I think glamping at our fourth and fifth property next year. 
Uh, right oh. now, three of them have it. Uh, and tiny homes at, at two, but soon to be three next year. And I'll say that's a, a big differentiator too, like Aaron's point about some of our competitors. We're bringing all facets of alternative lodging to the masses. You know, We want them to have four or five choices at our property so they come back three or four times. And, and we've been pretty successful in that lane. So uh, you can just basically start out on the coast, end up in uh, Montana, and you'll have tried them all at each of the properties, five for five. So, All right, so we- this is going to put you, on, you all, both of you, all three of you on the spot. Two years from now, what's it going to look like? What's well, the what's the horizon? A couple it's years a growing from now? behemoth. Well, uh, one thing I'll say is that model I just told you is called Alt Trip. You know, and we've li- we'd like to incorporate our properties to create a platform that people are actually traveling within our network. You know, okay. and Aaron can speak a little bit more about our vision there, but we want to grow and stabilize and keep uh, you know duplicating this real estate model. So I don't know, Aaron, what do you think? Uh, I, I've always you know. People are probably tired of me saying it, but I, I say uh, we're trying to establish long-term, mutually beneficial relationships. This isn't transactional where I got you, I got your hundred bucks for the night, Scott, and I don't really care how your experience went. Right. Um, you know, and, and to your point earlier, before I get into all trip of like, how does that work when you're under construction and like how things are going? It's like if you were to book the Sacagawea Inn um, early on and be like, hey, I'm so excited for my my family, my young family to come out and visit. You know, we're going rafting on the same river. Like we, we generally at that early stage, it's a little hard now, but we'd pick up the phone and, and call you and say, Hey, just wanted to make sure everything's good. What's it? And, and by the way, I don't know if we're right for you at this moment. Like, I don't, okay. it sounds like an exciting visit. Like, do I want your hundred dollars? Yes. But uh, more importantly, I would, I don't want to compromise your experience because we don't spend a bunch of money on Google, you know, and all of these other, you know, just pie in the sky advertisements like our, we're grassroots. Like we mm-hmm. bank on you showing up, having a good experience, and then you going back to your circles and talking mm-hmm. about, you know, the personal connection you made around the campfire. You know, it, it extends beyond the roof over your head, which is the traditional hospitality world. It's like you get a roof over your head in a lukewarm, very substandard breakfast. You know, it's your continental breakfast. That's that's what you get. Like here, you have a chance of making a friend and, and making a memory. And, and that's... That's the ultimate vision of continuing to expand, picking up more properties that fit the mold that we're looking for. But to this alt trip, you know, which is is like a better version of, uh, you know, Airbnb paved the, the, you know, playing field for it. Uh-huh. Um, but they all they're doing is connecting you with the property. We want to like, what are you doing when you leave Wenatchee to travel to the coast? You know, there you could be a historian buff. And I don't know anywhere out there where you can hit all the historical mile markers. Like it's like your hook sliding in. You're like, Oh crap. I want to, I want to read that historical mile marker, you know, and you're doing like, how great would it be if you could have that mapped out? And then you're a brewery guy. And so, you know, all the breweries along the way or a winery person or whatever it is, or you, you love cheeseburgers or bacon or, you know, in route to Pacific dunes, there's an amazing place. Um, Lytle's, you know, where they have their fresh oysters and you can go shoot oysters there and they got awesome t-shirts. It's like, it, it's so hard to see on the highway. Like you're going 75 and you got to do an aggressive, you know, move mm-hmm. to hook it. But if, if it were mapped out and you with your family or you, even you with your girl and you're trying to surprise her, it's like you already had your trip planned out. And then of course you got the comfortable place over your head. That's the big component. It's like a trip planning, uh, aspect you got the great place but then you also you know how nice is it when you show up to Lytle's and you're like oh you're staying at Pacific Dunes well of course you get 10% off and by the way here's a free oyster you know just for showing up type deal so that's the connectivity of people I love that you guys I think that's just awesome Uh, my last hotel experience which I will just say was beyond substandard from a place that I it would have expected more. Much better. Cold cold showers on in the morning is not something I expect Ooh. in a in a in a hotel. Well, and when and when I was told, oh yeah, we know. And then they went back to the phone. 
Well, that's the other thing, Scott, that like you may show up at Pacific Dunes when we host you when you're visiting your property out there in Ocean City and you may have a cold shower. But guess what's not going to happen? You're not going to be calling us complaining of a cold shower. We're going to be on your doorstep saying, we're so sorry. This hot water heater failed. How can we make the situation right? Um, right. By the way, a cold shower can shock your immune system. It'll be good for you, Scott. So do you need anything from me? <laughs> you know, just being open and transparent, not you got to be pro. You got to be proactive on this stuff. You know, if, if you drop the ball, that's okay. We're human. We all drop the ball. We all drop the ball. Every place drops the ball. You know, if, if Jesse's the original housekeeper and he hasn't cleaned my cabin yet and he's working on it, we can wait. It's all good. It's, yeah. And you know what? If I show up with the Bud Light in hand, you know, it softens my image too. And I give you one and say, come back in 30 minutes, you know, I'll have your room ready. And that's been done right. before. That's how we did right. it at the beginning. And that's and, how, but see people, I think people respect that. I think, absolutely. But and, and people just <clears throat> want to feel like they're appreciated and valued. And so to your credit, when you were saying, when you first started out and you, you're calling the family and saying, well, I, we're not sure that this is the, maybe we're not the right place this time is being respectful to them. You could have taken their quote unquote hundred bucks and provided them a roof over their head for the night and moved on. But you, you at least gave them, you gave them a little bit of, you know, backstory and said, okay, this is where we're at. Are you okay? If they say yes, great. If they say no, you've you've done a good service to them and helped them well, go stay somewhere you, else. You hit the nail on the head, and Aaron kind of alluded to it before. Like when we first started, we we want to get rid of the auto dial, auto answering system, get rid of the technology, shake hands. You know, we were started mm -hmm. in COVID, but we were one of the only properties open and successful that summer. Uh, so I guess now we kind of we call it hospitality from the heart. But mm -hmm. really, yep. but but really, uh, it's just about kind of, you know, bringing back the human element, and and we do like to, if if you're running a 25 person RV or stall RV park, it's pretty easy to make good relations. You just go around to all 25 stalls, and you can have we our innkeepers might have a cocktail in their hand, and that's okay too because uh, it's part of their lifestyle because they're actually living on the property. I was gonna say they're they're on site. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they're they're yeah. giving a complete human organic experience, and that's what I don't think many people are doing besides Jet. So that's uh, that's where we're at now, uh, five years in. That's very cool. Yeah, so people are people are too stuffy. People are like the Ivy Leaguers out there, just in their your, their crappy, you know, blazer, looking yeah. like the Office. You know, it's like they don't want that. They want to know who you are and what do you have to offer. You know, that's that's important. How do people find out? So if I wanted to stay at Capellas Beach, where am I going? Where? Nice walk plug, me through a reservation process. So there's yeah. a variety of different ways to, to find a, lodgings and accommodations. Um, something with this large acquisition of properties now we're focusing on the next year is our digital footprint. Um, social media, like I said, we're not doing a lot of paid marketing. We're hugely word of mouth and reviews, Google reviews, um, and from our website. So one of the cool things about all of the jet properties is that you can direct book, which saves you on, you know, the myriad of fees you get from, from other platforms. So you can book through our jet site that'll take you there or each property has its own site as well. So I'm on jethospitality.com. Yeah. Check out that location bar, Scott. That's where you want to go. But first, check out Whitney's awesome video work because she's got some serious footage on there that should be uploading about now. I, I'm looking at, yeah, there's some, it's very cool. So let's go explore. I like that we're not stuffy. You, right, you claim that right away. I love that. So hey, I'm going to go Go ahead, Aaron. Keep looking that up. But this is just a general tip to all your listeners out there. Um, you know, we're max footprint. So, you know, we have our website and we do a good job of generating traffic to, to our website. But, you know, through our reservation software, we're on Airbnb, we're on Expedia, we're on booking.com. It syndicates to every single one out there. You mm -hmm. know, those guys charge you an arm and a leg. It's like 20 to 25%. It's highway robbery, which was one reason why we wanted to start all trip because we thought it was greedy. Like the guests, um, 
th- those guys are like they they shouldn't be paying the fee. The hotel should be paying the fee. And so, mm-hmm. anyways, they um, we charge extra on those sites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At, yeah, e- looking- at easy glance on Airbnb, you can see that it's Pacific Dunes Resort. Mm-hmm. Like they should Google Pacific Dunes Resort and book on us direct. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm looking here, and, and, and I they, just they save thirty percent. Yeah, I just I just punched in four <laughs> dates here in November, and uh, really affordable. Yeah, you, and you'll really see affordable. that it's updated in real time too, Scott. You know, we're hundred hundred to three hundred on a max weekend, and you know what our competitors are charging for glamping four fifty a night. You know, or yeah, or uh, three fifty a night, and you know, I would say that our locations are are for. Uh, everybody you know it's not for yeah. it's really cool but uh you know no, uh, this is this is very cool you guys i'm let me and i think i warned whitney more than i warned you guys you know i tend to bounce around a lot so i apologize but the uh-huh. tiny homes is there um from a permitting and approval process what's what's that like yeah oh, you just you just hit the sweet spot for jesse he's an expert huh well, I don't claim to be an expert, but I started a company and the approval process is through L&I and that's how I, you know, that was back in the day. But uh, it's actually pretty interesting. Once you get one design approved, you can design, you can build as many as you want. There's no inspection. There's no real, uh, it's not like a building. But as far as us, we wanted to find an RV park where we could park them. And that's why we mm-hmm. bought the dunes because, you know, they're treated just like a vehicle. And so they're mm-hmm. mobile. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, if you look at what you can rent a tiny home for versus an RV stall and you call that the cost of the hotel, it's pretty cheap when you're adding those at, you know, 70K a pop and the hotel room's 200 a pop. There's a lot of value created. So there's mm-hmm. not really any no. process. It's a, it's a free-for-all. That's why we got in it. Okay. <laughs> so, All right. yeah, and it still is too, but... Uh, you know, I would say that the value is in the real estate because there are very little RV parks being made. So everything's grandfathered in. Mm-hmm. We have nine septics at the dunes, and the capacity of those 30 RV stalls would be cut in half probably at 15 if we were to build it today. You know, and it's right. different standards. It's great. So um, buy the infrastructure, and then we're not breaking any laws. You know, we're, we're not crossing anything with the city because it's already there. So Okay. Yeah, setting. Yeah, I could imagine setting setting one up. It'd be yeah, septic. Oh, it's would be impossible. It's impossible, yeah. even with the environmental. But uh, yeah. all right, they said. All right, so this is this is the part too, of the show where I now. always ask my guests certain questions. Now, you guys, are, right? You guys are spread out, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna reframe my my. I don't know who is in the background. Is that Aaron? Uh, maybe is, my beautiful wife that just showed up from teaching the youth of America. Okay, well, condolences to her. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. No, it's not. Okay, so I am a huge fan of coffee. I ask all my guests where to get good coffee around them, but you guys are not necessarily in Washington, so I don't want to really know about Portland coffee. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you guys drink coffee? Yes. Yes. Jesse? Yeah, yes? I'm a coffee Aaron, drinker. Are you a coffee drinker? Yep, I don't like cream or sugar. Okay, so how do you? What's your go-to coffee drink, Aaron? What do you drink? I just drink black coffee, and whoever's got a cup for me, I shall drink it. Whitney. Yeah. What do you uh, drink? What's your uh, go-to coffee drink? I make uh, my French press in the morning. Okay, Jesse. I'm quad shot americano iced guy, and they ask me why I get the quad shot, and then I, you know, they don't ask later. Got to get, so, got to get right, a I'm little. Gonna, I'm gonna bite. Why do you get the quad shot? Well, I like to get it going in the morning, eight to ten, and uh, like to get that heartburn going to remember what I'm working for there, Scott. All right, so you guys all drink black coffee, americanos, French press. Back, back in my Centos days, back in my Centos days, those guys would fill up the whole thing with Folgers to the top. 
And, uh, you know, what came out was like, you know, black gravy. We'd drink that. And, uh, you know, so the stuff the kids are drinking these days, it's nothing. No, but see, I'm to, to you guys' credit, nobody said oat milk. No, nobody said, you know, nobody I said, like that. That, 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 I, yeah, no. I do that's like that. I'm that's not a hard say it. It's not my no. goal. No, when I, when I look at Jesse, uh, he screams oat milk. I understand what you're saying, Scott, but like it was a big debate, you know, even about having cream or sugar. We did a deal with espresso that, that, you know, that that's a good cup of Joe, you know, easy, clean, but uh-huh. they're like, well, what about cream and sugar? I was like, they don't get that. And they're yeah, like, yeah, and they're yeah, like yeah. no, you, you need to be able to have cream and sugar. And I, I finally bent the knee to cream and sugar, but they're like, what about a de- decaf option? I'm like, if they want to drink decaf, then they could just go drink tap water. Like they don't get, we're not supplying a decaf option. And people may say, oh, Aaron, <laughs> you, you should be more flexible. But no, you, there's no decaf option when you show up to our properties. We just want to be transparent to that. To the I list love list. that your company has principles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're we're grounded yeah. in some very firm, firm decisions and moral. No decaf at any no, of no the decaf facilities. For you. I and, love and that. barely cream and sugar, but it'll be barely. only if you're lucky. Um, that's an upcharge. That's that is a you know there. Okay, that should be an ad online to your your. Okay. Should I put a All box? Right. Should I put a box when you check out? Do you want cream and sugar? <laughs> and then like double the rate just to see you know if they'll pay for it. <laughs> Yeah, there's the, there's the case study for you. Okay. Oh, man. All right, so I have – I'm going to ask this question, and I've never tried to do this with three three guests. So I, I'm going to ask you to play along and not really listen to anybody else's answer. I want you to answer it truthfully for yourselves, okay? Okay. Cake, cake or pie, and why? Pie. Why? Because, man, you've got the delicious filling and the super flaky, delicious crust, and it's just magical. Okay. There's no wrong answer, by the way. But and so what type of pie? Yes. No. What? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. The answer is yes. <laughs> Aaron, cake or pie and why? Now, I'm going to go strawberry rhubarb pie. You know, I'll, I'll produce the rhubarb from my own garden. And uh, there's a reason out there you don't want to be called a cake eater. You know, that's a negative connotation. Pie is wholesome. It's from the heart. You know, you got to put a little more effort into it. And hopefully the filling you grew in your own garden. You know, you're not milling your own wheat or flour to make the cake. And, you know, I think cake is soft. I think pie is is for the people. And I'm for the people. Okay, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I follow that up. Let me and have a drink. I don't know, man. <laughs> Aaron's ready to run for office. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'm a cake eater. Uh, and I, you know, I, my, my wife uh, is baking up cakes all day long. Hey, Danny Bakes, she's, a, she's got her own little cooking blog thing she's been blowing up for years. So I eat cakes all year long. But I uh, will, you know, okay. oh, what? I'm not going to say I don't like key lime. You know, I'll do pumpkin. I'll do, I'll do apple. But I think cakes, uh, it holds up better. So, he's a dabbler, uh, okay. but he's not a purist with the yeah, pie. Yeah, I'm not a pie purist. You know, it's, my grandma used to make pie crust, though. That's that's what I'll go to with the cinnamon and sugar. That's a poor man's dessert. I, I respect it, though. It's the best. Okay. So, what about you? It's my show. I don't have to answer. Oh, um, I, right I probably a pie. Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah, three yeah. Pies. Well, look at, look at me, for God's sakes. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I, I I would say pie, and probably Aaron. I would go along with strawberry rhubarb. Good, I, yeah. I, I, that's what about you? I'm not trying to What's curry your favorite? favorite? Okay. She said yes. I just I just yes. love pie in general, but I absolutely love strawberry rhubarb. That's one of my oh, favorites. Oh man! Okay. I know. I sound cliche. Oh, guys, broken record okay. over there. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah, so, I know. so here's here here's my last question. Once again, it goes out to all three of you. What didn't we talk about that we should have? Uh, I'd say for your travelers, um, oftentimes people, particularly with the type of properties we have, you know, it's like, oh, I got to get out to the coast. 
you know, but they forget about why they're even going to the coast. Like I think when people are planning their trips, they want to think about what are the, the, the boxes they want to check. Um, what are the things that they want to do? Because those activities should dictate where you're going to rest your head at the end of the day from a convenience, you know, standpoint and just an overall trip planning, which you know, ties back to that all trip that we're trying to create those little, you know, spider web, you know, mm-hmm. efficiencies, not, it's not, where am I going to rest my head? It's what am I going to do? And then you hope that the place that you're resting your head is, is there. So, you know, just all the different activities around these properties. That, that's the biggest thing um, that I would say. Real quick. I was going to say too, for Washington listeners, Columbia point, I think is kind of the unsung hero. It's, it's, you know, close up to the Canadian border. It's not that far from Spokane. It's a different part of Washington that people don't think about as much. It's right by Lake Roosevelt. And there's so much, there's so much going on up there that, you know, that's really cool to check out. So for travelers in the area, that might not be something you gravitate towards, but you should try it. It's cool. Okay. Jesse. Yeah. Well, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I'll just state it again. And really it's just a lifestyle here with jet hospitality and especially in Washington state. Yeah, we do have three locations now and, but we're really trying to just uh, provide that Rocky mountain Northwest culture, uh, you know, campsite vibe construction site, you know, just organic experience. And uh, I think that we uh, also have a lot of good people in our lives we should be thankful for. And it's been a really fun ride here working with these two the uh, last couple of years. But after 2023, I think you're, you might be hearing jet hospitality go a little more mainstream. So it should be interesting. Uh, All right. Well, we're work, look, uh, we're working look, on it. I look forward to watching the, 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 uh, the, the business arc, if you will, and seeing how things go. Yeah, I really, I really like what you guys are saying. I really like the idea that you're taking uh, neglected properties and not just knocking them down and building something new, but kind of giving them a second life, dusting them up, you know, propping them up. And uh, the idea of glamping and RV and the tiny homes. It's special. Might work. Might work. Yeah. Uh, well, I actually, Jesse said it the best though, is that, you know, the room wasn't going to be ready. So he handed me a Bud Light and asked me to come back in 30 minutes. I mean, that's, that's kind of. That's hospitality awesome. with yeah. the heart. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's, uh, it's problem solving, but it's human, man. What would you do if some, you know, what if someone came over to your house, if the house wasn't cleaned yet, just, you know, have, give them a beer and have them wait outside. And that's. That's that's what we do. So, uh, no, it's really something. But thank you for having us, Scott. This has been really good uh, being a part of this Explore Washington State and podcast. And what a great state! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Scott. Thank you all. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.